Yo, it's the heavy hitter DJ Wala, and you're now plugged into the Subject Thread Podcast with your host, Nyla Lavelle. Like, there are certain people that have these ability to be independent contractors, self-employed, day traders, real estate investors, singers, artists, those type of people avenues within the real estate umbrella because there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. I think a lot of people miss that. Right, right. And that's very true because when you say real estate, that's a that's the umbrella, right? That's what and then there's so many other strategies. So real quick what I'll do for our listeners is explain a little bit about what wholesaling real estate is. I, I like I like that question because what kind I was just talking about this yesterday and I feel like with, with Kanye he's like he does things that we all do behind closed doors. Yeah, I've never been asked that. This is Subject Thread Podcast. We different here. You are now tuned in to Subject Thread Podcast, giving you real dose of storyboard conversations, art, money, culture, and more. Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl, Nyla Lavelle for another special episode, and we are going to be talking fashion culture today with Mr. Stephen G. out of Kansas City. He is a reputable fashion photographer as well as a creative director, so we are definitely happy to have him on Subject Thread Podcast. Let's welcome the board, y'all. What's up, Stephen? What's good? What's good? Now, you know that there's such a misconception that places like the Midwest, they don't speak fashion. You know, when you think yeah. of fashion, you think of London, New York, Tokyo, L.A. So how do you combat that? I mean, honestly, I just do my thing. I mean, and it's funny because most people think that definitely when I, I'm in New York or L.A. And, you know, they try to give us that same spiel. Uh, you're from Kansas City. I didn't know people did that. Ain't the cows walking down the street. And, you know, they got the, <laughs> they got the jokes ready. But, you know, what I'm saying I'm like, you know, hey, we doing our thing. So you 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 see the work you see. You know, the moves I'm, I'm trying to, you know, put us on the map and not necessarily just put us on the map, but provide another resource because it's not just me here. You know what I'm saying? It's it's other creatives, it's other stylists, makeup artists, hairstylists, designers that are doing their thing. And it's like, OK, we got to, you know, if I can do what I can do, you know, kind of create a platform for myself that at least, you know, pave the way for everybody else in the Midwest that's doing their thing, too. So, I mean, that's how I combat it. I just, you know, I just rock. I just rock and I make sure I punch them in the face with it. You know what I mean? I slap them with it. Like you're gonna get this, this, this editorial. <laughs> you gonna get this. You gonna get this vibe regardless. So, no, that's what's up. I gotta give it to you because I was looking at some of your work and I was like, oh, he, what is he from? New York, even Atlanta, because Atlanta's starting to come up as a another fashion mecca. And then when you told me, you was like, nah, I'm out of Kansas City. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go ahead and smack them. Now, what do you like to do in terms of creative direction of photography? Is there one that you like to do better or more? I would say I like to do photography more. Creative direction is fun, too. It's just it takes a little more of the I would say more of the analytic side. So like you're doing a lot more of the organizational things behind the scenes, composing documentation, things like that Mm -hmm. for the team involved. So, I mean, that's equally as fun because, you know, coming up with the mood board and things like that and concepts and putting together the team and getting all the pieces together. I do like to do that, but I would say the photography aspect is just a little bit more raw. And that's why I kind of can say that's more where I lean in comparison to 
creative direction just because I can kind of just do my thing and I can create on on set as I flow. You know, the, sometimes ideas just come as you're in it. So photography gives me that outlet to be continue to continue to be as creative as I can be. Okay, super dope. Now, speaking of photography, what do you like to shoot with, Canons or Nikons? Uh, I'm a Canon man all day. Okay. Oh, do you have a particular one that you like the most? Well, I've recently, a couple of years ago, I transitioned to the 5D Mark IV. Oh, that's big um, boy stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a big boy. But I think, you know, for me, it was a good transition. I've always shot Canon. So I started from like the T- T3i Rebel series and worked my way up to like the, the Mark II and the 6D and the Mark II. And then, you know, right now I'm at the Mark IV. So I think I'm actually good right here, though. I think this is a good like spot where... You know, I'm getting the content to look how I want it to look. The images are are crisp. Of course, upgrading the lenses as needed, but I got a pretty solid squad with that too. So yeah, I'll I'll rock with Canon. Canon got a a real good glass that I've always liked and been attracted to. So yeah, I would say Canon all day for me. Okay, cool, cool. Now, are there any inspirational figures that you like that are photographers that you can look at that just are doing anything? Yeah, I would say uh, one photographer I looked at and um, he's kind of been like just a mentor. I've taken a couple of his workshops and uh, he's been always responsive and corresponding with different, you know, questions and things like that would be Shamai. He's a photographer actually out of New York, black photographer. I really admire his work. He captures just black imagery really good in a way that's very high fashion, you know, because it's, it's really not. I mean, now the industry has changed to a point to where you you are seeing more black models in the forefront, but his whole brand and identity is something that I was able to connect to because I've always had that same admiration to really spotlight and highlight the black models because it's it's not often that you see them highlighted in a high fashion way. It's usually kind of more urban or more along the lines of the stereotypical content, but he really captivated that. And that's something that really resonated with me. Okay. Super dope. Now, are there any fashion icons that you've looked up to as well? Fashion icons, I would definitely say, I would definitely say just Naomi Campbell. She's just one that kills the game. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lorenzo is one of my top right now. Kanye, he's 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 top for me. Who else can I say? Those are pretty. Uh, those, really, yeah, those are pretty yeah, good ones. You yeah, kind of covered they, a board. You went from like a little bit of streetwear with Kanye, and then a little bit of high fashion. So that covers a, a good vast. Now, when you're dressing. Is there a certain particular go-to fragment that you like to wear? For me, honestly, it's a good mix between streetwear, but also I would say, how would you describe it? Very uh, dressy, casual, like more just like a casual, I guess, what is the fashion term for? Like a casual chic. So you can kind of wear it to a happy hour, you know, or you can wear it to, you know, a, a nighttime event, but you could also wear it during the day. But I would say a good mix between street style and that just because I love street style too. And mm-hmm. I love comfortability and I love sneakers. So like being able to throw on a sneaker and a fit and really kind of like vibe with it. That's really my go-to. So it's a good mix between those two, I would say. Okay. And speaking of sneakers, what is your favorite brand? Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, oh uh, man, you got me. Of uh, sneakers? Oh, um, Oh man, I would I would have to say Nike just because I feel like they are just classic and they continue to innovate. 
But what Kanye is doing with Adidas is also fire. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of like neck and neck between Nike and Adidas. Okay. And out of your Nikes, do you have a favorite shoe? Yeah, I would say out of my Nikes, I would say my ones. Okay. I have the rookie of the year ones. That was actually my favorite shoe because they kind of like captivate. <laughs> yeah. They captivate my style the most just because it's like you can go with that with that particular colorway, I feel like you can go dressy or street style with it. And then it'll still like give you the vibe you're going for. That's dope. You know, I like ones as well because you can get the low, the mid, and then the high. Facts. So I, I that's actually a great one. Speaking of Adidas, yeah. have you looked at the Pharrell Williams collaboration with them? I have. Yeah, he's going crazy too. Okay. He's going crazy too. Do you like his colorway? Yeah, no, I, I love Pharrell's colorway. I feel like he's always been that guy to challenge like fashion for men's clothing with the colorways and he kills it. Like, you know what I mean? Like he he's somebody who just gets it. He gets the the tailoring. He gets the colorways. He gets just the vibe of a men aesthetic that's outside of just that norm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Facts. You are correct about that. I actually, I think he just posted on Instagram this week, his colorways, the new ones. Oh, uh, word? Mm-hmm. I think with Travis Scott. Let me make okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it. Well, let me make sure <laughs> that I'm telling, them you, to t- telling you the truth. <laughs> have right, you right. have you checked <laughs> out, I know, <laughs> have you checked out the, the collaboration with Jaden Smith and New Balances? With Jaden Smith and New Balance. No, I haven't checked that one out yet. Okay. I was going to ask you, how did you feel about that? Okay. I'm going to have to check it out, though, because he he got a good vibe, too. I feel like he reminds me of Pharrell, just like a millennial Pharrell. Yo, you know what? That's a great analogy. Yeah. That you like, He gives that. me Pharrell vibes for like the young generation. Yo, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Now, how did the Rich Fresh come about? So the Rich Fresh, so I do a lot of work in L.A. on the photography side, and I was just building content and doing some shoots out there, connected with an agency. And so my goal is when I travel, I always try to get content just for myself as well Okay. Um, outside of for my photography work. So, I, you know, of course, I'm, I have my portfolio building uh, process in mind, but I also try to build things for my personal brand because recently I was actually signed as a brand model. So that's pushed me in different ways to just create more of my personal content. And so doing that, I was like, okay, you know, what could else could I do when I'm in LA? Like I can spend my time doing to also create content. And so Rich Fresh came to mind. I've always, you know, admired his work from when he first kind of hit the scene. And so I actually just reached out to him like, hey, what's going on? I'm going to be in LA. And typically when I go to L.A., I put on productions to to really like maximize my time out there. So like I'm reaching out to MUAs and getting everything set up. So he came to mom like, hey, I'm going to have the studio time for such and such. You know, I would love to work with you. And I have a blog as well on my website. It's stevengphotos.com slash blog. I highlight actually different creatives in my city here and then also like different street style elements. So it was just a perfect time for me to kind of introduce him in that in that realm because what I already do for the brand, he was like a perfect person to highlight just being in the fashion industry in that realm that he's in as a designer. So reached out to him, let him know what I was doing. And we connected when I got to LA, he was down. He was, you know, just like, hey, let me know when you're here and shot him a mood board, what I was going for. And we made it happen. That's super dope. Now for our listeners that don't know what a bronze model means, can you explain that to them? Yeah. So basically just plus size model for men. 
you have curve models, what is referred to for women and brawn would be for men. So you can just say big and tall model or plus size model. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Dope. Now, let me ask you a question in terms of the plus size industry. Do you think that there are changes being made to make it more fashionable or do you think that we got a lot more way to go? I think we definitely have a lot more of a way to go, but there are changes being made. So I can't necessarily negate that they are. I just think it could go a lot further mm-hmm. than, it's, than it is right now. But just be, even being signed now and just having, you know, the clients that I've been able to work with, then it's it's been eye opening just to see that there are, you know, companies that are like, OK, we get it. We're going to actually do what we need to do to accommodate an industry that ain't really tapped into right now. And so it's been cool. I, you know, I am excited to see where where else is going to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I see that the brands are doing it. it's definitely been bigger in London. London, I feel like, has caught that wave a lot faster than it has in the U.S. And so they actually have a few major brands and like retailers that are pushing the plus size market. Okay. And so I feel like, you know, U.S. is slowly but surely, especially for me, and they're slowly but surely getting on that wave. Okay, cool, cool. Because, you know, my uncles are like six, five, six, six, and they always say to me, like, there's only a little bit of us, certain things that make us look really dope. We got to just go with the basic stuff and just be creative. So I said, you know, maybe one day to change. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. And and this, that's what I'm like, you know, I'm happy it's changing, but it can still, it can be a lot further because now you may be able to find something more in the XL, 2X, but that's very limited. You, they maybe make two in the entire store or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You got the same brands that are pushing it. So you're not really finding like fashionable clothes for a big and tall guy. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a struggle out here. It's a struggle out here, but they're getting better. You think one day that's going to be something you tap into? As far as like designing? Mm-hmm. You know what? I actually think I may. Okay. I think I may. <laughs> um, because it's, it's been on me and then just being into fashion already. I've always just had ideas of what I wanted to do. But of course, you know, designing is a skill that you you definitely have to work at. So I do think, though, I would transition to that space because I stay at a tailor. (laughs) You know, I, I like I have a certain style that I go for for certain things. And so a lot of that, you know, for for bigger and tall men. We it's gonna be oversized, so it's gonna be it's gonna be big. It's not gonna have that tailored look. It's not gonna have that slim fit look. So for me, I'm like, okay, I can I can work with this print, or I can work with this fabric or design. And so I just go, you know, have the tailor do that thing, and so it gives it an entirely different feel. So it still feels like what would be in a straight size selection, but you know, I kind of tailored it to myself and my body to fit the physique, but also complement my style. So. Yo, it's the heavy hitter DJ Wala, and you're now plugged into the Subject Thread Podcast with your host, Nyla Lavelle. Okay, super dope. Now, what, yeah. what time period of fashion do you like the most? Like, if you can go back in history. If I could go back, I would definitely mess with the 70s. They, their fashion is like elite, I feel like. Okay. And why, and why is that? What pieces do you like? For me, I'm I'm a tailoring guy. So like I said, I stay at a tailor just because I like my clothes to fit a certain way. Okay. I feel like the 70s was really about the tailor, tailoring. You know, like back then the men, they suits was tailored. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they they fit they fit well. And whether it was a like a polo joint, that that it still had a fit to it that was very clean, but very sleek, and it, it complemented the body really well. 
And I think the 70s really was the best era, I think, to captivate that. Okay. Now, what is a go-to piece of fabric that anybody can wear that would just go with anything that you think? Go-to fabric? Mm -hmm. Like a shirt, Uh, pants? I would say as far as like the actual category of like a shirt or pants or like the fabric for it. Um, the fabric for it. I would say probably a good cotton mix with like a spandex. So a cotton spandex material or like a, a neoprene, something that has some give to it, but it, it also looks very nice. Okay. I noticed that you like the fitted stuff. You like, you want it to, you don't really want it to be too baggy. Yeah. I feel like unless that's the vibe. So unless it's like an oversized look, mm-hmm. nah, I would rather my clothes to to be tailored and it doesn't necessarily have to be necessarily fitted but i think it should just it should fit your body okay. your body type you know what i mean i got you so yeah like you you're not really going for the whole you know super tight spandexy type look but i think that type of fabric is good because if you have like that type of a a bomber jacket per se you know it can still fit nice, but it'll give you some room to give but it'll also have like a tailored look so if you're a bigger person it doesn't look oversized like it doesn't make you look bigger than your size or if you're a smaller person it can kind of give you that give you need to also kind of hug you in the way that you'll want to okay cool 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 now how did you get into fashion and photography it actually well i would say photography fashion really has always been my thing okay Uh, ever since i was a little kid like my my cousins used to talk about me when i was a kid like they'd be getting dressed and like uh i come in the bathroom like why are you wearing that top with that like they don't really you know, you should probably wear it is. And I was like a little kid. So it, it kind of just always been in me. So I've always been just attracted to to fashion and clothes and things like that. Photography, I started in high school. Okay. Um, I was on my yearbook staff. And so that's kind of where I got my start. Doing that, I was, you know, captain, cap, capturing different stories, basically storytelling. But also in that element, I was like, okay, let's let's try this. And it actually turned into something that was like more fashionable and just more attractive than your basic like yearbook photos. And so from then it started captivating like my classmates. And then I started taking senior photos for my classmates and things like that. And then once I, excuse me, graduated, it developed into me being becoming a photographer. So I started taking more gigs doing fashion photography and editorial work and things like that. So I would say that's where it all started for me. Okay, cool. Now, have you ever had a nightmare situation like where you lost some of your footage that you shot all day? Oh, yeah. Now, that definitely has (laughs) happened to me before. Luckily, it wasn't like a client. Oh, okay. Okay. It was like my own project, but I, I definitely invested into the project. So I had like an MUA hairstylist and for some, somehow they just, I think what happened was when I tried to transfer the images, the images didn't transfer like I thought they would. And then I clicked like a, a prompt to delete the images off the camera. And so when I clicked that, basically the images weren't loaded on the computer. And when I came, went back to the camera, they were gone. Mm. So yeah, it was one of those like, what? Like I said, luckily it wasn't a client. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, for that, I'm I'm always extra careful just because I'm like, look, this isn't my money I'm playing with. So I try to <laughs> always take those extra steps, whether it's, look, if I got a memory card, extra batteries, you know, I try to be a little bit more cautious with that just because I, I've, I've had that experience and I don't want that to happen again because, man, it wasn't a good feeling. 
No, it's real. And honestly, just just doing this, the things that I do as well, because of what you just said, I even invested like I have like online storage as soon as something is recorded or mm-hmm. tapped, and then I have a hard drive. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Probably got about three or four of them. I know I got a couple. Yo, you can't play it. <laughs> so when you're shooting it, do you have any go-to music that you're listening to? I do. I actually, when I'm shooting, I love Afrobeat. I feel like Afrobeat is like the most versatile music to shoot to for me. And then I like to get my clients moving and it kind of gets the shoot like at a fast pace and everybody's kind of in like good spirits Absolutely. and good vibes. Yeah, because the Afrobeat gets you going. So that's my go-to. And then, you know, of course, I throw like a couple alternative like R&B joints in there, some good radio hits every now and again. But I rock with Afrobeat heavy for sure. sure. Do you have a favorite artist that just in general? In general? Man, that's pretty hard. I like Samo. I don't really shoot to him just because I don't know if you know who he is. But Samo, his vibe is very, very chill. Um, It's very chill. I do know Samo. Is that the one? He's like a cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my dude. I like him. Yeah, now that's my guy. So that's really who I listen to more like on a personal level. He's probably one of my favorite artists right now. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely a vibe. Okay, okay. Yeah, I saw him. I forgot what show he was on, but I was like, yo, this dude is dope. And from that point on, I started listening to him. And that was maybe about a year ago. Right, yeah, he's crazy. Dude is sick. He slept on and I really want people to stop sleeping on him. <laughs> yeah. Like he he he's so nuts. And the thing is, like, I would give it to him like in today's time. He's probably the best male vocalist, I would say, R and B that's out right now. And that's just my <laughs> I would give him I would give him top male vocalist right now. Really? When it comes to vocals, not not necessarily music. I like his music, but when it comes to vocal ability, that that man got pipes. I would give him that. Okay. Now everybody, watch everybody going to go listen to <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's cool, though. Hey, y'all go follow my man. Hey, his music is, 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 is the truth. Now, in terms of fashion, what cities do you think are popping right now? In terms of fashion, New York is always, I think, top in fashion for me, at least in the States. But London, that they seem to be ahead. Of course, the... If we're sticking U.S. cities, I would say next to New York would be Chicago. Mm, okay. Yeah, Chicago got a vibe. I think it slept on too, like a lot of people don't really catch on to. But Chicago, they they really be on it. They really be on it. And I feel like in a way, in the sense of fashion, like being able to put streetwear styles together. Who else? I would say that's, that's it for me. I, I mess with Atlanta style. I think they kind of captivate the culture, but I think they, they can definitely – Go over overboard sometimes and go, you know, <laughs> go go Atlanta. Like I know, okay, that's that's Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But I rock with Atlanta. But I think it's it's as far as tops, New York and Chicago for me. Okay, cool. So your eyes are already trained to like if you're in the airport, you can kind of like see what that person is wearing and maybe where their demographics are at. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Now you, you train like you, that. Yeah, you could definitely you could definitely peep. You can definitely peep. And then I travel a lot too. So, and then of course, being a fashion person, you just kind of see like what's like the, the vibe of the, the, the space that you in, like LA, I wouldn't, they have a lot of fashion people there, but the thing is LA, their style generally is more relaxed. You know, you Mm -hmm. get more of a chill vibe. Like they, LA, they still love vans. That's top shoes for them. Like they, they still, that's their style though. 
you know, they like the the women love the body cons and like the Kim K style. That's their style. For me, I love it. You know, I, I in terms of fashion, I like, you know, a challenge a little bit more when you can actually piece things together. So that's kind of where I will gravitate to more of like the challenging spaces in fashion. But L.A., they definitely got a vibe. But you can tell, though, you can tell like what city kind of has that vibe and what they go for. OK, cool, cool, cool. Now, take me through a date of when you got a photo shoot. How does that process look? All right. So it depends on what I'm doing, if I'm also creative directing. So I will kind of give you that, too. Okay. It would be okay. more so creating the mood board. So we have the mood board that usually has everything all encompassed together as far as the visuals. And then you have the call sheet. You have the whoever's involved, whether it's the hairstylist, makeup, wardrobe stylist. And then I usually prep that, keep the mood board in mind. I usually have it readily available on my iPad. So just to pull up for the team or the model. So we can kind of just reference that, reference different images we're going for, different shots and different styles. And then uh, pull up to the studio, get the music going, whether it's on my iMac or my speaker, usually through the speakers where I go get the playlist connected and from there, you know, we just get it going, setting up lighting, team come in, they do their thing. And then we just go from there. So we just kind of work from the mood board to try to strategize the best way to go about each look. And then that's kind of how that goes. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. People don't realize that there's a lot behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. To make nice. that to make that look pretty, to make that look dope. It's like so much. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, that's a key component and process to creating because it's like, Working from that mood board will save you a lot of time, like a lot of time, because if you don't really have an idea of where you're going, you kind of just going to go a lot of different places that aren't really as progressive as you could be when you start from a place that has a foundation. And then you can be able to grow from there and then allow your creativity to kind of go from there. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to exactly duplicate look, but you're going to have that vision in mind because a lot of times that mood board and also just like the the visuals beforehand kind of prep you for what you're doing because you can be doing commercial work, which has a totally different feel from editorial. So the styling is different. The lighting is different. The makeup is different. You know what I mean? Like all of these components are coming to play when, you know, depending on the shoot. So like having that prep beforehand, you already know what's, you know, what's going on beforehand. And the more you do that, that, that it is, it can be time consuming depending on how big the project, but it's, it's worth it with the outcome for sure. Dope, dope. Now, what do you say to that like 12 or 13 year old little boy that's like, yeah, I want to do photography or I want to do fashion, but I don't know. If you know, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that if you know, you know, and the moment that, you know, start investing into yourself, whether that's seeking mentorship, that's saving money to invest into your equipment so you can buy the things that you need, invest the time into the resources, invest the money to travel because for me, traveling is like a, a key component to stay inspired. And then secondly, also build a network. Because like you you mentioned, like a lot of people don't know I'm from Kansas City. They always assume I'm in L.A., but I'm not. But, you know, I've, I've been able to brand myself to a space to be able to get there. But I think a lot of that came from those initial investments of having that vision in mind. So really, I would say, like, keep that vision in mind all the time. You know, whatever it is, wherever you want to see yourself, whether it's Vogue's, Harper Bazaar, whatever publication, whatever designer, stick to it. Follow that vision and be confident. Always be sure of your work. Even when you're unsure, be sure of what it is 
because you're going to keep growing. So you'll look back and not like it. And then you may look back and be like, that still hits, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 years later. So just be confident in it and do your due diligence is what I would say. Now, do you think you'll always be in Kansas City? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> that's what you gonna say. The way you said that was like, absolutely, but you're like absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No, because it's it's funny because I actually see myself maybe coming back here, but I think it's definitely a city that you you really can like chill at. Like it's growing. It's definitely a progressive city, especially for startups and entrepreneurship. Like Kansas City is on the rise and on the come up. And they're doing their thing. But of course, for fashion and the fashion industry, it's not really a place that I can really thrive in. So even if it's just five to seven years plus, I would I, I got to go to a different city just to be in those spaces, do what I need to do, grow. And then when I build my family and I want to, you know, and do the the, the husband, kids and, <laughs> you know, retiring thing and all of that built the playground in the backyard. Like I'm gonna come back to Kansas City for that. Okay, dope, dope. Now, where do you see yourself if you if you're not in Kansas City? Uh, that's a that's a tough question because it was always New York for me. Okay, but definitely traveling and seeing just that lifestyle cost of living is crazy right now. Like yeah, New York, it's is, New York is insane. I'm here now. So. Oh, for real? So you already know. You oh, absolutely. Know. Absolutely. That's <laughs> a misconception. People be like, in the South, I travel back and forth from Atlanta to New York all the time. And I tell people all the time in Atlanta, like, it's different in New York. Like, you got to make triple what you're doing here. Yeah. If yeah. you want to live comfortable. Yeah. It's not a game. Nah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's a fact. And I'm I'm knowing that. So New York was actually, it's still on my list though, because I feel like, you know, it's it's one of those spaces I feel like to live in. You just want to kind of get that experience. Mm-hmm. But next to New York, I'm thinking Dallas. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking Dallas. And I Dallas feel like they're coming up in fashion. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are. They they were doing their thing low key. So I think that'd be a good spot. And plus it's close to home and it ain't too far. So Okay, dope. Yeah, dope, dope. Be, we definitely we definitely gonna be following you. What's what's on the agenda for 2021? Because I know 2020's been a little crazy. Man, 2020 has been nuts. So <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, oh, I can't even, man. Look, 2020 throw it away. <laughs> but 2021, I'm planning to actually do a showcase. So it's it's a couple pieces of work I've been working on that I've actually done years ago that I have planned to showcase. As as an our exhibition to showcase the the work and then a couple other projects I've been working on so that's that's plans for 2021. I'm um, also me and my wife uh, went into business together. It's actually a business I came up with back in 2016, but 2020 has been like the the, the groundwork. Been doing that, and then 2021 will be the full launch for that for a marketing agency. So Ooh, that'll be awesome. source management. Yeah, appreciate it. Source management marketing agency. So that'll be coming 2021. Okay. We're coming full throttle, but it's a creative agency basically for small businesses and creative entrepreneurs to be a one-stop shop to get everything you need for branding and marketing purposes. So we offer e-commerce and lifestyle campaigns, digital strategy, social media management, et cetera. So having those resources all in one place, like we will be that spot for any small business, creative entrepreneur everything you need. So that way you're not scrambling around trying to build a network of things to get things done. We'll be that space for you. So 2021, that's coming. 2021 also, actually 2020, a brand I work with on the modeling spectrum will be releasing. So I'm looking forward to that. But 2021, hopefully we'll be doing more campaigns, 
on that spectrum. So hopefully you'll see more of the big and tall fashions in that realm and being able to really, really grow there. And that's pretty much it that I can call for right now. So the rest, I'm just going with the flow. Yeah, that sounds like a lot, though. You got a lot on your plate. But, you know, I always tell people on this show, you need multiple streams of income. And most entrepreneurs have multiple things going on. Definitely. 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 And it's honestly, it's been a blessing because it all just kind of worked together. You know, it kind of flowed the way that it needed to flow to where I can be productive. And so now, honestly, I would say, you know, even though. COVID has been like crazy. It has been a blessing too, just because I've been able to take that time with having these multiple streams of income to prioritize and reorganize and do the back end work to really be successful for the years to come. So 2021 is it's actually going to be a lot more organized because when you do have those multiple streams and you're working um, effectively in those, it can be it can be straining Absolutely. and it can be stressful. Just because it's like, you know, I have a shoot, but then, you know, I'm on hold for a shoot for modeling in L.A. And then, you know, I'm planning, you know, to do this, that and the third and taking other clients for this, that. And so it can be a strenuous process. But 20, 2020 did allow me that time to relax, to to kind of get it all together. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy about that. So 2021 is going to be is going to be it. I know we we said that in 2020. 2020 gonna be my year. <laughs> 2020 gonna be the year. I'm a I'm a do it, but nah. See, but you you know what? If you if you was actually working still, 2020 was a come up. It it actually was. Come up. You know, a lot of entrepreneur friends that I have, and we don't try to brag or nothing like that. But we like you know this was actually a great year. Absolutely. And I know a Absolutely. lot of people are like, what? I'm not work. If you're working like a regular, like a nine to five and you just had like a routine, you probably got uprooted for the most mm-hmm. part, unfortunately. But like for a lot of entrepreneurs that are in digital spaces. Yeah. You, you kind of was coming up. Yeah. So. And that's that's definitely a fact. And I mean, honestly, like I said, it's a blessing because. I mean, you you have that extra time because you aren't consumed with other things that would usually take up time because it's either closed or unavailable. Mm-hmm. So you can have that time as an entrepreneur to really strategize, to really deep dive, to really write some things down. For me, it was really writing things down. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a writer. I do it every now and again. But to really have that time to plan has been super, super efficient. Take time from traveling to stay home. been super, super efficient, too, on a personal tip. So it's 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 been a blessing for the entrepreneurship for for real and actually I I've, I've been more busy and occupied and booked since covid I feel like since like compared to last year it's been more the like that season honestly when we went down has like picked up for me you're not like, the only crazy. person that has said that in various different industries too so <laughs> Yeah, I get what yeah. you're saying trust me I, I totally get it now how do the people find you so they can keep up with you for sure. So you can definitely go to my website at stephengphotos.com. Um, you could also check out my personal page on IG at the official Stephen G. Um, and then you can check out my work on IG at Stephen G Photography underscore. Now, do you have a website and everything for the, the, the thing you're doing with your wife? Not yet. So we're working on that now okay. currently as we speak. So sourcemanagementagency.com will be the URL, but we are working on this site. So it will go live and we would definitely be pushing that too. So um, keep that in mind, source management agency. We will definitely be a good resource for entrepreneurs and small businesses. So definitely, definitely, definitely. If you are planning to start a business or already in the process of doing that, 
let us know. Reach out. We can definitely put connect the dots for you, put some packages together for you, and really get you going in the right direction to really be successful for the year to come. Super dope. And when you have that exhibit, make sure you reach out to us so we can do some coverage with that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I appreciate it. Absolutely. So we thank Stephen G for coming in the building of Subject Threat Podcast today, guys, and we are out. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Subject Threat Podcast. Here's a sneak peek of next week's episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Subject Thread and make sure you visit us online at www.subjectthreadpodcast.com. I do want to circle back to something that you said to me that maybe you can educate me. We don't have to stay on it because, you know, it's probably a somber topic. But you mentioned something about your dad being in a camp. Like, what kind of camp was that? Yeah, well, it was, you know, in in Canada, the same thing happened during World War II after Pearl Harbor that happened in the USA, where all, yeah, all the Japanese, like either Japanese Americans or in Canada, Japanese Canadian citizen. And and like I said, you know, in my case, my my father was already second generation Canadian, but the government basically said, all right, we're going to round up any Japanese person and who who might be a sympathizer with Japan. That, That was their, you know, that was their their theory that they were going to help Japan with a possible invasion, I guess. That mm-hmm. was kind of their thinking. So they, they gave every, they, they gave a notice to like my dad's family to get specific. That I think it was, it was a couple of days. Like it might have been like a Wednesday. And they were like, all right, you have to basically, you can take one suitcase per family member, you need to report to this train station, and you're going to basically a prison camp. Wow. So the, the government seized their land, their their vehicles, all of their possessions. I mean, it's just insane. So there's something about that experience being a part of my DNA. I think that's a very big part of my sense of empathy, my kind of lifelong interest in, in, in battling for social justice, you know, whether or not it's, you know, Asian people or or, or African-American or, you know, any people of color, anybody that I think is, has been, you know, exploited or, or abused or anything like that, it, it touches me deeply in, in a way that I don't think I've always processed properly or always realized, you know, certainly relates back to like my family history, you know, mm-hmm. in a big, big way.